our jobs, our work in the future is going to be all about creativity and how we channel that to um, solve problems. Welcome to UNSW Alumni Spotlight, where we talk with our postgraduate alumni about their professional and personal stories. We'll hear what they've achieved in their professional life and how postgraduate study helped shape their career path. I'm Sarah McDonald. Today I am speaking to Lisa Carl. She's CEO and Artistic Director of the Australian Design Centre. It's based in Sydney and is a not-for-profit organisation that's a platform for igniting creative ideas through exhibitions, events and digital projects across the broad spectrum of contemporary craft and design. So Lisa, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Sarah. Tell us what you do. What is your job as the Artistic Director of the Australian Design Centre and what does that entail? Okay, so the Australian Design Centre, we're based in Sydney on William Street in Darlinghurst and we've been around for about 50 years under different names, um, more recently uh, known as Object Gallery and we were based in Surrey Hills then. So we're a small not-for-profit centre which supports craft and design, um, contemporary craft and design. We um, work with makers and designers across the spectrum. Um, What do I do in my job? You know, I'm constantly working with artists, with creators on new exhibition programs, on, you know, possible um, collaborations between us and other institutions, museums and galleries. Um, On our touring program, I'm raising funds, I'm writing grant applications. I'm doing a whole, you know, swag of things in my role. Supported by, you know, a great uh, team of around 10. Well, let's go back a bit before we come forward to that and what sort of skills I suppose it requires. Uh, Were you a creative kid? I think I was, although I wasn't, I didn't channel my energies into creativity. I think we were sort of outside, not necessarily doing anything. We didn't have all the materials that kids seem to have these days to make art. You know, we were making it up as we went along. We were, you know, outside making rooms in roots of trees and things like that. Um, And then a little bit later, when I was probably eight or nine, I had a great aunt who taught me how to crochet and how to sew and how to knit. And so it was those things that I picked up on, those sort of craft skills, which I retained probably for maybe five or six years, and then have gone back to it various stages in my life. And did you do art at school and think that you would have a career in this area? I did do art at school. And then funnily enough, when I was in year eight, I remember my teacher saying to my parents at the, um, at the you know, assessment day or whatever, the parent-teacher interviews, the art teacher said to my parents, I don't think Lisa should do art anymore. She's not very creative. And so from that moment on, I didn't do art. Um, I did continue with craft, but I didn't do art. Were you there when she said that? No, I wasn't. My parents told me. later on and you know so from then on that had a real impact I thought I'm not creative I'm not I guess sure I have some skills but I can't channel my creativity into doing anything with those skills so I kind of dropped any idea I might have had of a creative career and left school to do economics and law first up. So that was sort of a shutting down for you of that part of your self really wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. I would have been in year eight, so probably 13 or 14. And from then on, you know, I pursued craft for a bit. Um, at school, I think we did that up to year 10. And then after that, it was a very academic path. Um, so politics, law, economics, history, 
But English literature, though, I really enjoyed. Um, So, you know, there was a little bit of creativity in there. Mm. But did you see art and craft as not really being a career, as more of a hobby at that stage in your life, which drove you into towards a different future? Oh, yeah, definitely, because we had no artists in our family. We, you know, art craft was something that you did at home. It wasn't necessarily something that you pursued as a career. And so, yeah, I, I didn't have any experience of um, the possibility of a creative career. If that teacher could see you now. So, Mrs Abrahams, if you're listening. <laughs> Look what happened. But, yes, you did put aside that part of your of your of your brain and your creativity until postgraduate, but you studied economics uh, at university and you went into the and, and to law and you went into the public sector. What sort of job did you have in the in the public sector? Because we kind of see working in the public services so opaque. We really have no idea of what goes on unless people are in there. So I didn't finish my economics and law degree. I did about 18 months and it was then that I sat the public service test and um, and got in and went to work at a fairly junior level um, in an area called recruitment. And uh, that was about recruiting some of the, you know, I think three or 4,000 staff that worked in Department of Social Security offices across Victoria. So I would sit in a small team and people around me would be smoking their cigarettes at that point. Um, so it was a very different sort of time, I think. And, and you know, we, we had typing pools and I'm showing my age, but really when I started working, there was no IT available. It was a typing pool. It was telephones. It was, you know, talking to people all the time. And uh, so I was constantly talking to people in this sort of big team, but then um, going out and about around the regional social security offices around Victoria. And then it was after that that I moved to Canberra and sort of started that head office policy development kind of career. What does that involve? Uh, so, so that involves um, problem solving, I guess. And I think that was the beginning for me to start to use some of my creative brain um, to think about how we could solve um, various big policy issues, whether they be, you know, in a customer service realm or in a um, in a, a payment realm um, or an area that I worked in sort of latterly in my time in Canberra was um, fraud control. And so we were uh, looking at the system, the system and how the system um, paid people and how that system often pay people incorrectly and how we could uh, make changes to that system so that people were treated more fairly. And what about um, people ripping off the system, which yeah, is where we well, often hear yeah, about I this mean, area? Yeah, but we didn't sort of think of it like that, though. I mean, really? we No, we didn't. I mean, we thought that most people were um, being honest and receiving payments correctly, but there was always going to be a few. And yes, there was a there was a um, an area which dealt with um, finding incorrect payments, but then looking for those incorrect payments that actually were not the result of human error, but the result of of a, of a you know dishonest pursuit to to um, to defraud the system. So you started studying communications while you were doing that, and you had a bit of a you were a bit of a TV star in that department. <laughs> you had your own telly show. Yeah, yeah. In in uh, the social security head office, we had a, a TV studio, um, which pumped out lots of corporate television programs, and it was a little micro TV studio, I, I guess. We had 
everything we needed to produce some really great um, television programs. And so that involved for me um, a program called, I think it was called Accountable Action, and it was pitched Sexy. to, yeah, yeah, really, <laughs> really, really, really creative stuff. Um, but it was pitched to uh, people working in um, the fraud control areas across the country. And it was a little information program that aired once a month, I think it was probably went for half an hour. And, you know, I'd kind of go around interviewing people and, um, and, you know, we, we sort of tried to mirror a television program as it was at that time. With with uh, music that you nicked off, what TV show did oh, yeah, you yeah, we the music nicked, from? Uh, the music from The Bill and I think the, the feet walking at the beginning of that, um, of the intro to The Bill. Well, you were investigating, I suppose. So why did you, you, you did communications then as you were, as you were working in the public service and where did that lead you as you negotiated through that sort of giant department? Uh, I think it probably led me out, really, um, because it was that degree where I started to, to do some, uh, oh, yeah, I, you know, I did some marketing subjects and I um, also did some more creative stu- subjects like screen studies and professional writing and uh, things like that. You know, I did oh, I did a year probably doing fiction writing and tried to write a book. And um, and then when I finished that, it, it, it sort of coincided with a natural end to my time in Canberra and I moved to Sydney. And I worked for a little time at SBS and at the Broadcasting Authority. And it was around that time that I thought too, you know, it, it, this is the time for me to move into a completely different career. So at that time, I kind of left the Commonwealth Public Service after such a long career and decided to to embark on um, a master's at uh, what was the College of Fine Art, UNSW Art and Design. And, um, and that master's was in uh, art administration. And that gave me access to a whole um, different set of opportunities, I guess. So was that about re- also reclaiming that creative part of you that you'd turned off to some degree in year eight, the the visual creative part of you, not the sort of lateral thinking part, but the actual creation of art and craft and and being involved in that at some level, but using your skills. Yeah, most definitely. I think it was about bringing my skills and experience together in public administration into an artistic realm, um, so that I would so that into a, a place where I could use all of that experience, but actually channel it towards um, an arts uh, focus. And what did you particularly enjoy about the postgraduate study? Uh, I really enjoyed um, just the chance to expand my own personal interests in literature and in film and in visual visual arts in, in visual media. Really, I think that was the um, the turning point, and that was when I started to see a lot more things. You know, I go to a lot of exhibitions and, you know, and I, I, I started going to the theatre and probably things that I hadn't really thought of doing in my 20s. That was the time that I started to develop those interests. So it was opening up a, a different world from you inside the university and outside. Hmm. Hmm. What about the connections you made in that study? How important were they, do you think? 
Absolutely critical, I think, and and fantastic, the connections that I made through the degree. I'm still in touch with a lot of people who went through that master's program with me. Um, And in fact, many of them I'm even collaborating with um, today on different projects um, in my current role. Uh, So there was a a great uh, woman who did the course when I did, who's now based in Perth. And um, together we worked on uh, the Real to Real Craft Film Festival, which we brought out from the UK. And she arranged screenings in Perth and we arranged screenings here in Sydney just a few months ago. So, you know, great to have that connection. And we've continued to keep in touch and work together. And you know, a week or so ago, I was on the uh, Gordon Darling Foundation's Museum Leadership Program. And one of the people on that course, uh, Bridget Uren from Maitland Regional Gallery, um, and I went through the course together. So we, you know, reacquainted with each other during that course. And um, and there are many, many others working throughout the art sector here in Sydney, but also around the country um, who I continue to have a connection with. Yeah. What sort of jobs do people go into from that before we come back to you? All sorts of things. I think so. I think all sorts of things. Uh, I... Yeah, I, I've done a number of different things since I finished that course. Um, and But mostly I think you'll find people uh, in a museum and gallery context, so working either for big institutions or, like myself, for smaller institutions, smaller organisations, um, or festivals. I think you'll find lots of people going to festival-type work as well. Mm. Um, what did you do when you finished? Because you did an interesting project as soon as you... you uh, finished your degree, which you were doing part-time, your postgraduate study. Yeah. Yes, I was um, definitely doing it part-time and working full-time while I was doing that. And part of the course was to do an internship. And that internship was, I think it was like three months of, of work that you were required to do. And most people went and found um, an internship in an institution, you know, like the Art Gallery of New South Wales or the Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, But I kind of decided, having been in institutions for most of my working life, that instead of going into an institution, I would look to um, do my own project. And the university was really supportive of that. And so I I went out and um, decided I was going to do an exhibition and I just finished exhibition management and that seemed like a logical um, pathway for my internship and my brother at that time had just been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that was really something which was on everyone in my family's minds and I thought "Mm, maybe an art show to raise some money for that uh, cause. So I approached the Garvin Institute and they said great you know we'd love a fundraising art exhibition and I thought okay where do I start so I approached a number of artists and the university helped me with that as well and we uh, we put that exhibition on in a gallery in Sydney that's now no longer there but it was a fantastic exhibition. We raised about $20,000 for the Garvin and I got to work in all aspects of exhibition management in that project and then continued to do it on an annual basis for five or six years after that. You've had some lots of jobs since then, haven't you, finishing your course? Yeah, uh, so I, I ended up leaving um, the organisation I was working for full-time while I was doing the course and, and then went and did a number of eclectic jobs. So I worked for a children's entertainment group, the Jitterbugs, um, doing all their bookings and, you know, managing their, their shows and so on and uh, and did some theatre productions. So I produced a couple of independent um, plays 
uh, new plays at uh, the Old Fitz in Woolmaloo and at the Opera House and um, out at Riverside Theatres in Parramatta. And I also then um, started to do some consulting work, so some writing grant applications and those kinds of things for various organisations and, and then find myself working at the Australia Council for the Arts for a few years. And then you've ended up uh, with where you are now, which we come back to the Australian Design Centre. So you you talked about a bit about the, the centre in the beginning, but how do all the different strands of your work and your study all come together in your current job? What are the skills that you're using and the connections you've made and the knowledge that you've acquired all come together? Yeah, they do. I, I think on a day-to-day basis, I could be using everything from um, my knowledge and understanding of communications to um, managing exhibitions to uh, curating and researching new exhibition possibilities to uh, selecting artists for um, artists' work for our retail shop, object shop in the Australian Design Centre to talking to regional venues around the country about a touring program, to thinking about audiences um, and how we develop new audiences for the, the work of the artists that we deal that we work with, um, to organising an outdoor maker's market on a weekend outside the centre um, and more recently to creating a whole new festival for craft in Sydney, the Sydney Craft Week, which we've done for the last couple of years. So... I mean, so many skills that I think, yeah, sure, I developed over my, um, you know, previous working life and that experience is really valuable. But I think the Masters of Arts admin, as it was then, now curating and cultural leadership, was a really pivotal point for me to kind of bring all of those skills together and be able to see them play out in the kind of role that I have now. Yeah, I mean, there's two sorts of things happening, isn't there? As the world becomes more interconnected and we become more international, there's also this desire to come back to locally made, beautiful, not mass-produced mm. objects. It's so beautiful working with those artists who make that work. You know, the the joy they have in that handwork is just so incredible. And and I I mentioned earlier about you know sitting with my aunt, you know, knitting and crocheting, and and I'm working with artists who do that now. You know, and and who are making a great career out of those hand skills that they learned when they were very young. So it's really fantastic to see that trajectory of their trajectory and and be able to um, help them to grow their careers. And this is happening all over the world. So you're also connected across the seas and and, and the skies, aren't you, in the work you do internationally? Yeah, and we're constantly looking around the world for exemplars in, you know, craft weeks and design weeks and festivals and biennales and how we might be able to bring some of that into what we do here, but also looking for, you know, for artists and um, and. I guess the world for us now is 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 the world. You know, it's it's not just about what we do here in Sydney or even in Australia or across the regions. It's about connecting and making connections for artists, for us, for our audiences with um, what's happening in design and craft globally. And how does that then feed back into your idea of what creativity is now compared to that young creative child who played amongst the tree roots? I actually think that we're all we're all innately creative, and I think it comes out in so many different ways. And you know, now I'm seeing uh, my daughter uh, really 
enjoying and loving those creative pursuits. And I can see now that, you know, that I, I love doing all of that too. And now I've been given this privileged opportunity to run an organisation that deals directly in that space and has, as part of its charter, the responsibility to grow young people's interests in creativity because, it, you know, our, our, our jobs, our work in the future is going to be all about creativity and how we channel that to um, solve problems. Yeah, I think that's a, a perfect place to finish our conversation. Lisa Carl, the CEO and Artistic Director of the Australian Design Centre, has been my guest. And where can we find out more about what you do and uh, the fabulous things that are being organised? Thanks, Sarah. AustralianDesignCentre.com or on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at Australian Design Centre. For more information on UNSW courses, please visit futurestudents.unsw.edu.au.